Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Everybody good? You guys good? You look great. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. For all of you who are worshiping with us online, welcome, welcome. Can we give those guys a big hand, everybody? Welcome. Love you guys. And I'm not sure if there are folks out in the lobby, but sometimes there are on this one, so let's give it up for them as well. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, let me just say this before we jump on. This, this is our, our largest gathering of the day. Um, so if, if you are like the parking lot's a nightmare or whatever, we have one before this one and one after. They have a little bit more room, not a lot more room, but a little bit more room. And then there's a lot of room on Saturday. I'm just going to say it like that. There's a lot of room on Saturday. So if you're like, I, I like, like elbow room, Saturday's your gig, all right? So we, we would love to have you at any of those. But if you're here, thank you for being here. And we're so, so, so grateful, as always, um, that if you're a guest with us, that you've checked us out today. Thank you so much uh, for doing that. Uh, We're wrapping up a series that we've been in for the last, this is our week four, starting a brand new series next week that I uh, am really looking forward to. We're going to dive deep into one text uh, in, in 1 Peter. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to just unpack some, I think, some really timeless truths over the next few weeks. Today, however... It's going to be a very different kind of a message. I'll just say that straight up. Um, I'm going to talk to single people, young people, uh, young adults, uh, divorced people, like single, however you got there, uh, like we're going to talk to you today. And I'm going to give you two resources if you're single, regardless of your age, two resources I want you to check out. Um, the first one is a book by Pastor Andy Stanley called The New Rules, New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating. It's going to inform some of this talk today. Honestly, I've done a talk like this one before, a little bit different this time. Um, but I wanna, every time I get a chance to talk to single people, I want to give them good stuff. And then another book, uh, an amazing book, a, a newer book, uh, probably two years old, a book by Pastor Mike Todd um, called Relationship Goals. Uh, he's got a series of teachings, by the way, on YouTube. There's literally like 100 million views of these um, he's a pastor in Oklahoma, and uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. So uh, today's going to be a little bit of goodness, but there's a lot of goodness from these two guys right here. And, and so I want to talk to folks in particular who would say, um, I plan to, I hope to, uh, maybe I'll get married someday, which statistically most of you will. And you might get married later than your parents did, young people. Uh, that's statistically a, a reality as well. It's about 30 years old now. Like in, in my parents' day, it was like eight. And then in, in my day, it was like 12. And now it's like 100. Um, but either way, a little hyperbole maybe. Uh, but either way, you're probably going to do it. Now I want to talk about marriage for just a second. Marriage gets a bad rap in our culture, in our media. You don't see television shows about very, very like good marriages. It's always dudes divorced. They're about to get a divorce. They're cheating. Something. It's always something like that. But marriage is awesome. Come on, married people. Mar- marriage is awesome. Can it have hurts? Can it have pains? Can it have struggles? Uh, every one of them does, right? But marriage can be incredible, and you never hear about great marriages because they're boring when you're on the outside looking in. But when you're on the inside looking out, they're awesome. Come on. And so we want you to have awesome, boring marriages, drama-free, come on, full of love and secrets and things you don't tell people about because it's too awesome to share with them, right? And the great news is if you're single and you've never been married, you get to do this right the first time. And if you've been married before and you're single, you get it right to do the second or the third or the... Now, if it's 12 or 13 times, we've got to talk about all of that. Come on, somebody, all right? 
right? So now it's different. I will say this. I'm 50 years old, and I know that's old, very old to some of you. Uh, I remember when I was 20, even 30, somebody was 50, like they were teetering on, the, teetering on the brink of the grave. Come on, somebody. But now that I'm 50, I'm like, hey, that's not too bad. It's not too bad, you know. Come on, anybody of my age? That's, okay, nobody is. All right, nobody is. No, you're just old, man. You can try to talk to yourself. Yeah, you're just like, you're old. All right, but um, in my day, which is another old man statement, come on. Back in my day, you just saw a girl that you liked and you asked her out and you just prayed that God would help her say yes. Can I get an amen, somebody? But if you're, especially if you're an adult in today's world, a single adult, you have to have an applied degree in science, uh, right, uh, technology, and you have to have an applied science degree in human behaviors to even, like, sort of tentatively go out into that dating scene. Come on. Like, if, by the way, if you read this book, uh, The New Rules, there's some quotes from people in there that are just awesome uh, about how difficult it is right now to find good people. Um, so I'm going to start today with a couple of verses that we've read throughout this, this time to sort of serve as guiding principles. The first one's from Jesus, John chapter 13. This is verse 34. A new command I give you. Say this with me. Love one another. How? How do we love one another? Okay, he's going to answer that. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple or a follower of Jesus if you love one another. It's not that you go to church or that you read the Bible or that you, you know, got consecrated or whatever. It's that people are going to know that you're a follower of Jesus if you have love one for another. So what Jesus is saying is, I want you to treat people the way that I treated you. Now, when the disciples first hear this, the people who are hearing this first hear it, it doesn't make as much sense to it as it will. On the other side of the crucifixion, right? On the other side of that, they realized the way he loved them was he laid his life down for them. And all of a sudden it makes sense about all this. And then Paul would come along later. Paul wrote two-thirds of our New Testament. He didn't, he didn't like Jesus. He fought the way of Jesus. And then he had an amazing encounter with the risen Jesus that changed his life. He went from a, a persecutor of Christians to a world-class Christian. So he's kind of teasing out now what Jesus said in John 13. And here's what he says in Philippians 2. In your relationships, any kind of relationship, not dating relationship, not marriage, like any kind of relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus did, which he laid his life down. And if you keep reading Philippians chapter 2, you'll see how very incredible the mindset was. So these are two kind of big picture things. Paul would go later on in 1 Corinthians 13 and he would give us handles. Like how do we pick these this idea, how do we pick it up and carry it through our life? And so this is 1 Corinthians 13. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It, it, it keeps no record of wrong, wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now, we, we read this a lot at weddings, but this is not a wedding text. This is a text for anybody who is trying to relate to other human beings. Wherever you're at in, in the world, whatever you're doing, this is, 
the way that love does. And, and, and so what, 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 what the, the text get the sort of summation of it is, if we're to love people the way Jesus did, if we're to have the same mindset of Jesus, then the question becomes, in light of what Jesus has done for me on the cross, what does love require of me as it relates to other people? What does love require of me? Now, here's the deal. The New Testament is fantastic about teaching us and giving us principles like these that are guiding principles for relationships. But honestly, the Bible has almost nothing to say about dating relationships. Like, and, 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 and Paul will say at one point, flee youthful lusts. Solomon will talk about running away from the adulteress, he says. Um, and, and so, and, and the reason there is almost no writings about, about dating, there's none actually, is that dating wasn't a thing, right? And, and the culture, uh, your dad and her dad, or her dad and your dad got together at you were six or seven or eight or 10 or whatever it was, and like, we're gonna do this? Yes, all right, you give me some cows, a couple of sheep, we'll make this deal go, right? Right? And, then, and so there wasn't a dating culture, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there, you were married off and that was the end of it. So the Bible doesn't even speak to this notion of modern dating, which is why we read these other principles that guide us. But what I tell you what Solomon does say to young people and to single people is get wisdom, get wisdom, get wisdom, gain was whatever it takes, get wisdom. So one more nugget of wisdom from 1 Corinthians 13, 11. We read the earlier verses. This is verse 11. When I was a child, Paul says, I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. But, but when I became a man or a woman, come on, somebody, right? I put the ways of childhood behind me. And I would just say this is a word for our culture that, that in general, as it relates to dating, like we, we have to stop talking, thinking like children, we got to grow up and we also have to date like grownups. Come on, come on, just treat people well, treat people kind, be loving, be kind, be gracious. So what I'm going to tell you now, from now on out, this is just a message that's just kind of some random ideas and thoughts that I want to share. Um, and so this is not thus saith the Lord, right? God, right? Because there's nothing about dating in there. Okay, this is from, from Thus Saith Danny, okay, all right? Um, and, and you can take it or leave it. This is 24 years of marriage uh, to that wonderful woman right over there on the front row. And, and then 29, 29, yes, thank you, 29 years of talking to, counseling with single people, people who've been married, people who've gotten it right, people who haven't gotten it right. So I believe what I'm going to tell you is extremely important. And, and here, listen, everybody, this is just my fatherly advice to single people. And in particular, I have two daughters who are, in their, who are teenagers, 15 and 18. This message is for them, and it may be a little old school, and some of you are going to get, like, you do your old school, but I'm going to tell you something. New school, it ain't working. Pardon the grammar. It, it's, okay, it's not working, all right? Now, let's go here now. A couple thoughts, and then we're going to get to some practices. Every weekend, single people in this county, this country, this city, make promises to other single people that oftentimes they are unable to or unprepared to keep. We call these things wedding vows, right? And they come together and they stand at an altar. Well, they used to. Now they stand at a tree or a lake, come on, or a stream because nobody gets married in a church anymore. I'm not bitter. Don't worry about it. I'm fine, 
right? And, and then they hold hands and they exchange rings. And then somebody like me, a pastor, or somebody who got ordained two days ago online, right? Come on, I'm not bitter about that either, right? Thank God that doctors and mechanics and plumbers can't do that. Come on, can I get a witness on that? But, but for ministry to perform weddings, it's fine, whatever. It doesn't make a big difference. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Any, anyway. And I'm kidding. And there, some of you are like, hey, I did that, right? Anyways. And every single weekend in this city and places all over the country, people mean well. They're sincere when they do this. But they assume something they know is not true in any other area of life. And that is that promises, commitments are no substitutes for preparation. Okay, you with me so far? You're like, I don't know yet. What do you mean by preparation? All right, let me tell you. Um, If you say to me, Danny, I'm not a long distance runner, but tomorrow hmm, I'm going to go run a marathon and I'm going to knock it down. I'm going to say you are going to go down. But you ain't knocking it down, right? You aren't prepared to run a marathon. Like you can say, dude, I lift weights every day. Especially you cannot run a marathon. (laughs) You never seen a marathon runner who's built. Come on. You never seen some jacked up Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's breathing hard after one minute, right? I've been meaning to learn Spanish my whole life. I have two Hispanic brothers-in-law, and neither one of them have taught me any words but bad words. (laughs) I grew up on the west side of San Antonio. I went to high school on the south side. All I know is bad words and carne guisada and rojo grande. (laughs) Big red, anyways. So I can promise you today that next week I'm going to preach my whole message in Spanish. But I can't do it. I'm not prepared. If if the message involves bad words, I can say those because that's what my friends taught me growing up, right? Relationally, it's no different. You can mean well all day long, but if you're not prepared to commit, it won't go as well as you hope. Saying I do then doesn't make you able, it just makes you accountable, right? And, And being accountable for something you are unable to do will make you miserable, you with me? Did y'all follow all that? There's a lot of ables in there, right? But I'm telling you, single people, it, you, some of us are going to fall in Some of, not, not us, I'm married. Some of you are going to fall in love. I'm trying to include myself in it, but I was like, oh, I want to back out of that one now. <laughs> you're going to think your ability to commit will override your lack of preparation, right? Worse than that, you're going you're gonna to allow some person that you fall in love with to convince you that her track record doesn't really matter. His patterns aren't that important. The pathways he's chosen in the past, irrelevant. That, that, that basically when he marries you, he's going to make a commitment and he's going to automatically change into the person you're looking for and married people don't laugh too hard, all right? Come on, somebody, right? You need to understand a lack of preparation cannot be trumped by a promise. And here's the good news. Between now and whenever you get married, there is time for you to get prepared. So if you only take one thing out of this message, here's what I want you to take away. I want you to prepare to commit. So that when you make a commitment, when you make a promise, when you make a vow someday, you will be in position to fulfill the promise. Not just stay married. That's part of it. 
but to fulfill all the vows that you made, all the promises that you made, to actually do those things. And, and here's the thing. If you make a decision to prepare to commit and you devote yourself to that, you're going to be highly unlikely to marry somebody who has not prepared to commit. Because your life will be moving in such a clear direction, such a specific direction based on values, based on principles, based on, on track record that anybody whose life is not moving in the same direction will be in such conflict with your values, your pathways that you won't be interested. So I want to read two verses, two more verses, explain them a little bit, and then I'm going to give you some, some practical applications at the end. The first one is this, and, and, and before I read it, I want to tell you this. It's going to use the word prudent. And this is Proverbs 14, by the way, really loaded with great information, by the way. And he's going to say, a, a prudent person is a person in the Old Testament who understands, now, now track with me mentally right now, that all of life is connected. So what, they, what that means is a prudent person understands that the things that have happened in the past have an impact on the present and impact the future. Does that make sense? That's what a prudent person knows. So the prudent person knows that when you're walking on a, a, in a certain direction, that's going to give a pretty good indication of where you'll end up. Prudent people know this. So Proverbs 14, 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to, notice this, to give thought to their, say it, their ways. Now, let me tell you what ways are. Ways are, ways are behaviors. Waves are, ways are, I said waves. Ways are, I'm thinking about the beach already. Come on, spring break, come on. Ways are trends. Ways are patterns uh, that we've been having in our life, right? So he, here's what he's saying. The wise person, the person who is prudent, gives thoughts to their patterns, both good ones and the bad ones. The gives thought to they're, the way that they think about things, it's the, the, the wise person, the prudent person gives thought to the way their emotions have either gotten out of control or they understand. The wise person, the prudent person understands, has self-awareness to know that what they do impacts other people around them. That's, they call that emotional intelligence, right? And, and so if I want to know where I'm actually going to go, the best indicator of, of my future behavior is my what? Past behavior. The wise person knows this. But, but here's what he says. The next part of the verse is, but the folly or the foolishness or the silliness of fools is deception. So what he's saying is, whereas a wise person gives thoughts to their ways, their, their patterns, their behaviors, their track record, so that they can course correct when they're off track, the foolish person thinks it doesn't really matter how I did my life growing up. It doesn't really matter the wild oats that I've sown. It doesn't really matter all the stuff and all the ways. So the next verse, verse 16, will say something like, uh, or, or this is a couple of verses from now. So verse 16, it'll say that the foolish person is reckless with how they walk and the wise person is cautious in how they walk, Right? So whereas the wise person gives thoughts, the foolish person gives no thoughts because they're deceived thinking it doesn't really matter how I live my life while I'm young. Make sense so far? Okay, two people think it does. Thank you very much. You guys are with me, right? Here's the, here's the next verse. This is 15, that was eight. Here's 15. The simple believe anything. Now, we can say, oh, simple. I'm not simple. But I want to tell you something about this single people. This has happened to me. And it's happened to every person who's been married or is married in this room today. And we told you this a few weeks ago. I just want to warn you. When you 
start to fall in love with somebody. Like when you start to date somebody, scientists tell us that we get a ton of dopamine to the brain just by being around them, just by being near them. And so what scientists tell us is that we're basically stoned the whole first few months that we're dating somebody. We're high, but not high on Colorado high. Come on, somebody. Like we're high on science. I believe in science, you know, right? We're, 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 we're so in love and we have our favorite song and we finish each other's sentences and everything's gonna be perfect. And your parents are going, yes, but does he have a job, right? Come on, somebody. And you're like, no, but we have a song. When we're hungry, love will keep us alive. I would die for you. All right, anyways, eagles, eagles. The eagles' eggs. All right, anyways. I told you this ain't gonna be a normal sermon. Some people are brand new here. They're like, this is y'all's preacher? Come on, man. Yes, but does he have a job, right? And, 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 and no, we have a song, right? Well, yeah, but what's her track record with the other guys that she's dated? Doesn't matter when we hold hands. Our hands fit perfectly. It's fate. Everybody's hands fit perfectly there. Anyways, he got a butterfly tattoo before even I did. Mind blown. Synchronicity and serendipity and whatever kind of dipity, Right? See, when you get engaged and the dopamine hits, I'm telling you, you're smart and you're sophisticated and you're, you're, you're brilliant. But when the dopamine hits, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm talking to my girls now. Y'all don't have to believe any of this. I'm just talking to my daughters now. They'll believe anything, right? So, so, so the prudent person is going, um, let's talk about your path the person who's just in love and dopamined out of their mind is like, well, well, I'm, I've lost my mind. And the guy says, well, it doesn't really matter what I did. And I know I didn't do everything perfectly. And I know I've never really had a job. And I know I've never really, you know, been very faithful. But if you marry me, I'll change, right? And, 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 and the prudent person is going, yeah, we need to talk about your paths, Right? And the in love person says, I'm going to focus on your promise. And, and, and Solomon is like, promises, commitments, good. But don't be, a, don't, be a, don't be a single person who just believes anything. Like, do a background check and hire Magnum PI. Come on, somebody. Parents, anybody with me on this? Like, get some background checks involved. Do some tax in records. Come, pull them. Anyways. are like, I can't believe he's saying these things. It's 2022. All right. So he's not done. The simple believe anything, uh, but here's the rest of the verse. But the prudent give thought, the person, the people who understand that all of life is connected, they give thought to their what? Their steps. And steps are important because you can tell a person's steps and you can follow their footprints in the past and by their footprints in the past and the steps they're taking now, it shows you what path they're on and the path always has a destination. It always has an end. And so words sometimes are meaningless and sometimes promises are meaningless and commitments can be meaningless if the words aren't spoken by somebody who was prepared to commit, who was prepared by looking at their steps, watching their paths, the prudent people understanding that what I've done and the patterns and the behaviors that I've had, I've established when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, have real impact on where I'm gonna end up in the future. Paths, people choose 
trump the commitments they make. Paths, past paths eat commitments for breakfast. I'm telling you, the prudent person understands and pays attention to their thought, their ways. They pay attention to their steps because they matter. So here's the takeaway so far. I want you to commit now, single people. This is my hope, my prayer for my girls. My, my hope for you, I want you to pr- commit now to becoming the person you're looking for is looking for. Track that now. Because everybody's like, I'm looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right. Mm-mm. Better thing that you can do is focus on becoming Mr. or Mrs. Right. And your odds for finding them, they'll, we'll find, you'll find each other. And if they're not, you look at their paths, you look at their steps, you look at their ways, and you're going, not for me. Okay. And you're like, well, that's harsh, Danny. I ain't, trying to be, I ain't trying to be nice. I'm trying to be real, real talk in the house today. So first, first practice now, these last few minutes. Number one, you need to address your unresolved childhood issues. Can I get an amen from somebody who knows that this is a truth, right? If you're a counselor in the room or you're a therapist, you know this is important. You need to address your unresolved Child. So the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups that you've picked up throughout your life for whatever reason you need to deal with them. Um, and this is a big category and, and it needs a whole series of messages. So doctors Les and Leslie Parrott, they are married, coupled, therapists, brilliant, respected all across the world. Here's what they say, and this will give some weight to this. If you attempt intimacy, I'm talking about relational intimacy. I'm talking about sexual intimacy. I'm, relational intimacy without first becoming a whole and healthy person, All of your relationships will feel like they have a hole in them. Now, let me tell you what they're saying here. If, when you get to that point of like going, I want to be vulnerable with this person. I want them to see who I really am. I don't want to wear masks anymore. I don't want to hide. I want to tell them who I am. When you get there without being a whole and healthy person, they say it's going to feel like that your relationships have something missing, something's wrong from them to the extent that you'll bounce from one to the next to the next to the next and not realize that it's really a you problem a lot of the times because you haven't gotten healthy and, and, and whole. So I would say the number one thing that we have to do to be prepared to make commitments is to address your mess. Everybody with me on that? Like if you can't remember the other part, just remember single person, young person, let's deal with this stuff now, second thing, and this is just to my two, two daughters whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. And some of you are going to say, this is none of your business and you shouldn't even say this. This is 2022. I'm not talking to you. I'm only talking to my two daughters whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. Okay, everybody with me? If you, don't, you don't have to take it. But here we go. Number two, I would say don't dress like a commodity and don't put up with, being, with ever being treated like one. Like don't, don't, be, don't, don't be treated like that. Okay, if you, if you date like a, and, and you're treated like a commodity while you're dating, guess what's going to happen when you're married? They're going to treat you like a commodity then, right? And you're like, it's none of your business what I wear, 50-year-old man, right? And I would go, you're right, it's none of your business, but I'm talking to my daughters and, and until they're grown-ups, it is my business. Maybe get the car started in case I need to run out the back door to run away. People are giving me evil eyes. I feel it. Anyways, I want to say this to the fellows too, and I want to say this to everybody. If you're in a dating relationship where the person mistreats you on a regular basis, get out. 
get out. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. Get out. Don't allow yourself to be mistreated. Like, like every now and then we're going to hurt each other. That's true. Yes or no. Everybody does. But if it's a chronic thing, get out. It's, let me tell you why it's important that you get out. Because you're going to start to see it as a new kind of normal. And your heavenly father and your real father and your real mother and your best friends and your siblings don't want that for you. And you would say, well, how do I know if I'm being mistreated? I'll tell you. If the thing that's being done to you were done to your little brother or your little sister or your mother or your aunt, like, or whomever, your friend, and it would make you mad for them, if it makes you mad for them, it should make you mad for you. And you say, no, it's different. No, it's not different. It's not different. Don't be mistreated, single people. Don't, don't do it. Don't let that become a normal. And, and I want to just talk to my daughters again, right? Um, they're not here right in this moment, but they'll hear this. And we're going to have conversations about this. We have, and we will have more. Just a tip from the world of fishing. Do you know how a fisherman decides what to bait his hook with? Well, it, it depends on what he's fishing for, right? I know it's super deep. So l- let me say this to my two daughters. Let me say this to my two daughters. If you fish with your body, baby girls, you're going to catch body snatchers every single time, right? If you troll with your bodies, you're going to catch trolls every single time. And this is when you're going to say eventually after you've been burned a little bit, all men are alike. All men are the worst. No, men, all men are not alike. All the men you date are alike. And, and, and all the men you ask out are alike because you're trolling with, fishing with, but, and you get, you're catching what you're fishing with. Okay. I know that's old school. I, I know that you're, some of you are like, dude, it's none of your business. You're right, but, but I'm talking to my daughters, all right? Can, can I just get real now to the, to the, to the single adults in the room? Like, like the young people are doing TikTok and whatever else, but us people, we do Facebook and Instagram, right? So I don't, it's been around long enough that I've seen this pattern. It's like single girl, single guy. You can tell they're kind of on the prowl because of the pictures, Right? Come on. It went from like, hey, here's me, to, you know, it's like up angles. So, and it's, what, what, what is this? Why is this on my Facebook wall? And then you can tell when they get somebody because then it's wholesome and healthy again. And we're at an antique shop in Fredericksburg eating crumpets and tea. And then you can tell when they're not, they're, they're back to single again because it's, uh, it's up and down here and it's like, you know, and it's like filtered, come on, filtered out. It's like, I've seen you and you don't look like that. <laughs> am I lying? Come on, am I lying? Y'all seen this? Some of y'all done this and you're like, is it really that transparent? It is. <laughs> we, we know what's going on. All right. Just talking to my two girls. Uh, Talking to my two girls, listen, baby girls, you are so much more than your body. Save the body, save the sex stuff, all of it. Save it for later. It's God's best for your life. I know the world won't tell you that, but it's God's best for your life. Don't, don't troll with your body. That's a no win for you. Troll with your love for God. Troll with your passion for God. Troll with your mind and your personality and your, your experiences and your job. You have so, baby girls, I'm telling to my two baby girls, I'm not even going to look up, right? Uh, you have so much more going on for you. And, and if you keep trolling with bodies and sexuality, you're going to keep catching the same kind of fish over and over again. You're going to think all men are pigs and, and many of them are, come on. But there are a lot of good, good, good men, many of them in this room right now who are really good men 
And they're out there. I want you to be prepared to keep the promises you make, which means that you need to marry somebody who's prepared to keep the promises they make. Third thing, you can come to the keys because I'm almost done. This one's quick, and it goes back to what we've already talked about. Break your bad habits before you get married. So here's it again. The prudent person, the wise person says, I've got some ways, I've got some steps that I, I, when, I, when I pay attention, when I look at the sum total of who I am, these are not good. The way I've handled money in the past, the way I've handled people in the past, the way I've handled my emotions in the past, man, my, this, I have good ways, but I have some bad ways. I want to deal with them before I get married. I don't want to take these bad paths, these bad steps, these bad ways, these bad patterns into a relationship. And I want to tell you why this matters. It's because as much as you think it's true, it's not. Marriage is not designed to solve your problems. It's not, okay? It's not designed... What it does, though, is marriage is a magnifier, okay? So what that means is that the good things that are in you that you're bringing in, the good ways, the good steps, they're going to get better over time. They're going to get better. But, but the, the flip side of that coin is the bad steps, the bad patterns, the bad ways, they're going to get worse over time. Married people, yes or no. Don't elbow anybody, yes or no, right? It, marriage is a magnifier. So, so um. I'm going to skip that uh, because I want to I get done here. Uh, l- let, me, let me tell you something. Uh, the last one, the last one. <sighs> I wish I could say all these things, but I'm not going to. I'll say them another time. This is going to seem self-serving t- for, for me to say this, but it's, it's just to my daughters. You need to be very, very involved in your local church. Doesn't have to be this one. Doesn't have to be this one. I'm not, say, I'm not, I'm not self-serving. Now, let me tell you why this matters, okay? Let me tell you why this matters. You find two people going to a good church, whether it's this one or another one. I hope this is a good church. I don't know if it is, but I hope it is, right? And, and they start volunteering. Say again? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're trying. We're trying. Um, you meet somebody in the local church, and they're volunteering, and you're volunteering. Maybe, maybe they're volunteering with the high school ministry or the, the middle school ministry, and, and, you don't, and you see them across the room, and you're like, they're not a middle schooler. Woohoo! You know what I'm saying? And, and, and here's the thing, and you meet them, and, and, you, and you, what you find a lot of times is that they're working on the same things you're working on. They're going the same direction you're going on. They're, they're paying attention to their ways, their steps, their paths, and, and so are you. And, and you find people in environments like this one. I'm not saying everybody's perfect in the room because this is a, there aren't any perfect people in here, right? I'm just saying you're going to find people, generally speaking, whose lives, whose directions, whose patterns, whose flows, whose ways are in sync with the kind that you're trying to have. Does that make sense? That the, the, the church, as people start to grow up in the faith, as they start to realize what God has for them, their paths are, are, are they're, they're, because the Bible says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. See, see the foolish person is like, I got this, I'll figure this out. But the person who's, who's, going, the, who's going following Jesus the Bible says that their steps are being ordered, orchestrated by, by the Lord. And, and it also says in, in, in Psalms, Psalm 119, that, that, that their steps, that the word of God becomes a light into their pathways. Because it's dark out there and we're stumbling around and we're just doing our best and we're falling down and we're getting hurt and we're hurting other people. But, but because the word of God is coming into our lives and being preached into our lives, that word of God becomes 
becomes a light for our pathways. We're not making as many mistakes and we're not doing as many crazy things because we're involved in groups and we have people and we have friends. So Solomon the wise says in Proverbs 13, he says this, he says, if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. So the wise person, the prudent person who pays attention to their ways and to their steps goes, hey, you're going my way and I'm gonna stand next to you and together we're gonna become even more wise. But a companion of what? simpletons and fools and foolish people who are deceived that none of life matters and how I live doesn't really matter, they what? They suffer harm. So you get involved into a group at a church. You get involved on a a team. And, And one or both is good. Both of them together, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, great stuff starts to happen when you do both of those things. And, and that's because if you, if you go to the right places, chances are you'll meet the right people. And some of us, come on, let's just go old school country. I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love. Come on. Go, go to the right places and find the right kind of people. And it's my heart desires. It's my heart's desire to my two daughters and to anyone else who, 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 who's paying attention to what I'm saying today and believes it, that between now and then, the, the then is when you get married, you'll become the kind of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. And if you do that, I believe that's a win for you. I believe that's gonna be a win for your family and for your future family. I believe it's a win for our generation. It's a win for the kingdom of God. It's a win for our country, our city, our communities, the fabric of our society. When, when good people find each other and do great things together, it's a win all the way around. And here's what you'll discover. Following Jesus, we've said this over and over again, following Jesus will make your life better and it will make you better at life. Following Jesus in this area of romance and in any kind of relationship, when you trust what Jesus says and when you do like, like what he said when we read in John 13, 34, when you do that, it'll make your life better. And it'll make you better at life. And, and following Jesus in, your area, in this area of your life will prepare you and will protect you. Listen to me. Following Jesus in the area of romance will, will prepare you to commit, c- keep those commitments and it will protect you from all the harm and all the danger and all the baggage and all the hurts and the habits and the hangups that a lot of us have picked up in life. It'll make your life better. Following Jesus will. And it'll make you better at life. So if you don't want a relationship like the majority of relationships out there, don't date like the majority of daters out there. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Amen, somebody? So, Father, thank you um, so very much. Lord, I pray, God, that where my words have fallen flat or short or I got it wrong or I said it wrong, that your spirit would give just guidance and wisdom. I pray for single people. There's a bunch of students right up here on the front row, and, and I love them so, so much, God. And, and there's students scattered all throughout this room. Lord, I'm praying especially for them because this world is confusing, and this a- area of romance and sexuality is just a big mess in so many ways, and I'm just praying for clarity, for vision, that they would catch a vision, Lord, of what they want in the future. 
And I pray that they've had good representations of what that looks like. But if not, Lord, I pray that they would catch a vision of that and that that vision would keep them their paths straight, God, that the word of God would come inside their hearts and their minds and just, just order their steps, Lord. Your spirit would order their steps, that the, the, the word of God would give light to their paths. But not just give light to their future paths, but that would give light to their past ways, God, so that... That like David said, God, see if there be any wicked way in me. Know my anxious thoughts, God, David said. God, that you would expose, that you would help us to see the ways, the behaviors, the trends of our lives that are not headed in the right direction, that we would course correct with, with counselors or mentors or groups or other believers, that we would walk with wise and become wise. God, I pray for wisdom for, for, for single adults and single young adults, God, and people who've been hurt and who've experienced much, much pain in this area, that you would just, God, give them hope again, help them to deal with their own stuff, Lord, right here, right now, so that they, they can find the person they're looking for who is looking for them. And I pray that you would give them wisdom and grace in this way. And I pray that we would all, regardless of our status right now, that we would all choose to follow you, Jesus to give our hearts, to give our lives, to surrender our all to you, trusting that you will help us and guide us and protect us. And most importantly, God, that you would forgive us of our sins and that you would be our healer and our helper and our guide and our savior, I pray. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said a good amen. Amen, amen, amen. Couple, couple things right before you roll out. Um, if you made a decision for Jesus or if you want to, our prayer partners are going to be right up here. They already are right up here. If you want to pray with anybody today, they'd love, love, love that opportunity. You can also go by Next Step Central and get a book called Following Jesus. We'd love to put that in your hands. It'll tell you about what's next. We have growth track happening right after this gathering, right back there in that room over there. They're going to turn that around here in just a minute. Lunch is provided. Child care is provided. And if you want to give today, you can do that out there as well. I, I want to tell you this before you roll. We have not responded financially as a church yet to the crisis in Ukraine. I was waiting for God just to kind of open some doors for us. I don't want to just send money. We're going to. We're going to do that. But yesterday afternoon, our missionary in Lithuania, Tony Miller, who was here in September, he, he texted me right before our gathering on Saturday. And he said, Danny, hey, listen, um, we could use some help. And I said, well, what can, how can we help? What can we do? He said, well, there's a lot of, of refugees coming through Poland, and they're ending up in Lithuania. They're scattering out all over Western Europe. He said, we have so many of them we're working with. I said, well, what do you need? What can we do right now? He says, this is going to sound crazy, but Danny, um, we got teams that are going into Ukraine from Poland, and what they most need right now is, is um, bulletproof vests. And, and, I, and that, I was like, oh, oh that's real. Like, we're getting water, we're getting stuff, people are bringing us, we're taking, but we need bulletproof vests, you can't find any here. And then on Friday and on Saturday, again, a friend of mine here in this town, um, he has a company that goes and rescues people and helps people in, in crisis. That's what he does. That's what he's been doing for years and years. And he's taking a team of, of doctors and medical people from uh, University of Stanford and other places into, into Poland, uh, right there on the border, and he's just like, pray for us, man, that God will provide, that, that God will do what he's going to do. And, and if you know anybody there that we could partner with, that would be great. And so I connected him with some of, of the people that I know. 
but, but, but we're going to, next week, we're going to have an option uh, on, our, on our kiosk on our website that you can give to Ukraine if you want to. N- n- there's never pressure. Our church is going to respond regardless of what you do. But if you want to respond financially, we're going to send it to some people that we know that are right there doing stuff right now, and we want to make a difference there. So when you, do, when you give here, uh, we're, we're going to do that n- next week. We've just been patient, kind of waiting for what's the right move, and now we see where we can make a direct impact. So pray about that. If you want to be involved in that, you can be, and we'd love for you to help. Um, stand with me if you don't mind, and uh, bump a fist, high-five somebody, wave at somebody, hug, whatever your comfort level is. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. Invite somebody to next week. We'd love to have them. Brand new series next week. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.